Shalom, shalom, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original languages as a guide. Now, we are in Leviticus chapter 2, and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. So, if you do not have that Bible, remember you can find it online for free and follow along at places such as Bible Hub, Blue Letter Bible, or other places. So, without any further ado, let's begin in Leviticus chapter 2, and I pray that Father God would draw his people to him and open our eyes, ears, and hearts to comprehend his truth and his truth alone. And we established last episode, if you remember, sorry, a little preface here, that we will again have these sacrifices when the temple is, when we have the temple again, and then the Lord will cleanse the temple again, Jesus Yeshua, when he returns, and of course he will institute these offerings again. Now, not always. Remember, I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I don't think that the, the um, you know, because it says God's people won't be sinning anymore. So the sacrifice, I don't think we'll have to use it um, per se, because we're not supposed to be sinning anymore. So once he cleanses it, it says there will be no sin found among his people. So therefore, if there's a sin offering, perhaps some of those we may no longer partake in. But perhaps the Gentiles or the nations that don't know the Lord would have to. So on some of that stuff, I mean, I'm not certain. But if it says it's for sin and then we will no longer sin because he will have, you know, remade us and taught us his Torah. I'm just thinking we won't have to use that. So that's just a long explanation. <laughs> but that's just my thoughts. But I could be wrong. I love to hear your thoughts. If you reach out on, um, you know, message me via Facebook on God's Little Hummingbird. That would be great to hear what you guys think as well because we need each other to learn from each other. Okay, Leviticus chapter 2. When anyone offers a grain offering to Yahweh, so that is like a, the, uh, the word there is like a meal. Like it's, it's it, it, um, so it's more not meat per se, but it's micha. So his offering shall be of fine flour. Remember the word offering again? It's our korban, it's our gift. And he should pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. Now remember, frankincense, we're told in Revelation and of course the Song of Songs and other places that frankincense is symbolic of the prayers of the saints going up to the Lord. So I love that in this particular offering, we bring it from this fine flower, this shaved off flowers, like kind of like what the word actually indicates there in the original language. It's... um. It's kind of like a chipped off flower. <laughs> so a ground up is what it means. And and I love that we put the prayer with it. Like this, the frankincense is symbolic of the prayer. And I just love that it reaches up to the Lord when we give him this offering. Verse 3. The rest of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is most holy of the offerings to Yahweh made by fire. And if you bring as an offering a grain offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour or the, the chipped off flour mixed with oil, or unleavened wafers, anointed with oil, or smeared with oil. Remember the word um, anointed usually is like to spread or smear. But if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, um, and so like a flat plate or a griddle, so it's like, um, think about like, you know, the old stones they used to have where they would make kind of like tortillas, right? Those old stones, so it's not inside of an oven, it's on this pan type, stone type cook surface. It shall be of the fine flour or chipped flour, unleavened, mixed with oil. Again, notice these are all unleavened. That means without sin. Leaven is symbolic of sin. So he wants us to offer these pure, holy, righteous offerings to him. 
Verse 6, you shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. And of course, who broke bread and told us it was symbolic of his body? Now, Yeshua, Jesus was not doing offerings in the upper room because, of course, you couldn't sacrifice outside of the temple area. Otherwise, it wouldn't be counted or holy anymore. But what he was showing us, I think, is a symbol of when we do break bread, when this bread is broken, it's a symbol of being poured out poured out and broken to feed God's people. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a covered pan, it shall be a fine flour with oil. So the covered pan, of course, would be like kind of like our modern day roasting pan or some of those, those um, yeah, like, like a roasting pan, I guess is what I would think of. It's covered. You shall bring the grain offering that's made of these things to Yahweh, and when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar. Then the priest shall take from the grain offering a memorial portion and burn it on the altar. It's an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to Yahweh. So a remembrance portion. This is kind of from you to Yahweh, that he remember you, that he we he reminded of you. And what is left of the grain offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It's most holy of the offerings to Yahweh made by fire. So notice this is what Aaron and his sons are eating. This is their sustenance. This is their food. So no, it's like, remember when I said um, a few podcasts ago that these sacrifices are sometimes dinner with daddy? <laughs> That's what this is, and you're providing for the priests who are ministering in, in your stead. They were taken instead of the firstborn of Israel. Remember that. Verse 11, no grain offering which you bring to Yahweh shall be made with leaven, for you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering to Yahweh made by fire. So what's the leaven represent? The leaven represents sin. Now, what does honey represent? That one is a little tricky for me because the word honey can represent the word of God. It can also represent sweetness in life as we read different scriptures from the Psalms and the Proverbs and just different places in scripture. But you weren't to burn it with his offering. It was just to be the pure flour with the oil and the water. Well, obviously it was made with water to, um, to, to, to get the liquid in it. But, um, it's, it's interesting to me why no honey and I honestly can't say at this point because I, I just don't understand that one. I, I personally don't understand, and I, maybe I haven't prayed enough about it. But I understand the leaven because we're not supposed to offer any sin. And the honey, perhaps, this is what I'm wondering, perhaps it is sweetening God's word too much. You know how some people will, instead of being fairly truthful and straightforward about God's truth, they try to sweeten it up. I know God has given me prophetic dreams if I was doing that to people and not being straightforward enough. He would show me serving them cinnamon rolls versus bread. And the sugar, of course, burns, but it also was, it was, he said, you're faking too much. You're making it too sweet for them. Give them just the real sustenance. Like, don't make it something it's not. Don't try to make it, don't Photoshop it, so to speak. Don't fake it. Don't make it sweeter than what it's supposed to be. This is the truth. And so perhaps that's it, is not to not to make it too, quote, sweet or easy for people to swallow. Let him be who he is. Okay, verse 12. As for the offering of the first fruits, you shall offer them to Yahweh, but they shall not be burned on the altar for a sweet aroma. So the first fruits, that means the first of your harvests and stuff, they are not burned, okay? They are, you offer them, you still give them, it's a gift but you aren't going to burn those ones. Verse 13, In every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. You shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. And God talks through the scriptures about making covenants of salt with his people. 
And salt is a, per, is a preservative. And a lot of people think it's a sign of this perpetual covenant, that it's eternal, it's forever. It is preserving this, so to speak. Then salt has been an ancient and modern preservative. So it seems to make sense. And salt was also a currency and it has played very valuable roles in all of history. But I really think it has to mean with the perpetualness of this, that it's forever. Verse 14, if you offer a grain offering of your first fruits to Yahweh, you shall offer the grain offering of your first fruits, of your first fruits, green heads of grain roasted on the fire, grain beaten from full heads. So this is roasted so they can eat it. Remember, this isn't just burned. And you should put oil on it and lay frankincense on it. Again, this is your prayers going up to the Lord. The oil is that Holy Spirit. Picture the Holy Spirit being poured out. It's a grain offering. Then the priest shall burn the memorial portion. So a part of it, he just burns. But part of but part of its beaten grain and the part of its oil with all the frankincense is an offering made by fire to Yahweh. So just a small part of it that is burned. The rest of it they eat. So these are some of the offerings that we will hopefully get to make to Yahweh if we get to live with him during the millennial kingdom. Won't it be beautiful? I can't wait. Have a blessed day, everyone.